Countrywide on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by the Irish Farmers Journal, bringing 379,000 readers the latest farming news and the best of rural Ireland weekly. Now, let us just rewind the clock a couple of weeks as the last produce of Harvest 2022 was being gathered in. Della Kilroy visited the Cork International Garden on the grounds of Ardfoyle Convent in Ballantemple in the city. It's a garden for migrant families where they can grow food that connects them to home while making friendships in the community here. Della began by talking to Naomi. Beautiful. Before we get like five ba- five bags, big bag with potato. Yeah, this is the last one. Well, I take one but to very go with well my broccoli. I'm taking some broccoli. Excellent. No, just one. Just one. I take one. Potatoes have been harvested. The vegetables, we are cutting them all the time. And there's a lot of exotic vegetables. I actually can't name all of them. So it's a beautiful garden and we work with migrant families uh, from different parts of the world where they get to grow their own food, a bridge between a little bit of home and here. And it's really women come here and they kind of feel it's very nostalgic. It's like being home, we are growing the things, really good for mental health. And this is it here. It's fantastic as you can see. I'm on the grounds of Ardfoyle Convent, close to Cork City, with Naomi Machetti, Programme Coordinator with Cork's Migrant Centre. Last March, Naomi helped to open up an allotment for their International Garden Initiative, a pilot project. It allows for families in direct provision centres to grow their own food alongside the local community. I, this is a traditional vegetable from the Congo and I think also part of uh, Nigeria. So it's really good with the leaves. Here is the herbs and we have kale. Actually where I come from we call it push the week because it's eaten every day of the week. And uh, sunflower. This is African maize. It's white and it's huge like trees. And this is way over our heads now. It's way over our heads as you can see. So this is a bit of the last of the potatoes that we are harvesting. As you can see, everything is just kind of mixed farming. It's thrown in between. It's something in common you can talk about. Food is such a common language. So how often is this garden used at the moment? How many families? Seven families. Uh, We have families from DLC, Congo DLC. We have families from Nigeria. We have families from Albania and a family from Kenya. And the idea is to pilot this. And then if it works brilliantly, we can load it out to other centres, other farms, other gardens around the direct provision centres. Because people in direct provision centres are living like in one, we could have a whole family living in one room. So to go to the garden and to come back with the bag full of something is really great for mental health. You've got some broccoli. I got some lovely broccoli for my lunch. Kathleen McGarvey is a sister with the Missionary Sisters of Our Lady of Apostles. With a shortage of public allotments in the city, they offered space for the garden on their grounds. This place used to be full of sisters preparing to go out on mission and then those returning. Nowadays we're fewer in number and higher in age. So overall it's great to see the bit of you know the life and the compound and that. And I spent uh, a lot of years myself in Nigeria. All the sisters here spent a long time in Africa. So uh, some of this produce looks a bit Irish. I believe there's Irish potato here too. But there's also something that really speaks of Africa. Uh, so it's wonderful, yeah. This vegetable here is kind of more African, isn't it? It's, uh, Germany was telling me, what is the name yes. of it? Chicha. Muchicha. Muchicha. Yes. And what do you make soup? You can cook it with uh, meat, with, with fish, 
Living in Ireland for eight years, Monique Bilou is originally from Congo and transitioned from a direct provision centre to Mallow two years ago. She's been experimenting with what she can grow. Oh, I growing uh, everything because we don't have choice. You don't need to grow just your your vegetable. You can grow anything you find. Yeah, this is for vegetable from Congo, from my country, and this one we call it uh, muchicha. In my language, we call it bitekutek. But what does it mean for you to be able to to cook some of these food that reminds you of home? Oh my God, uh, you miss food from your country back home, but we we when you we start to grow up the food the, the vegetable from uh, from my country and to eat it it make me happy and uh, very good yes there are different veggies there are kale there are spinach there are uh, lettuce Nicholas Maia has been living with his young family in a direct provision center for 3 years while studying computer software here he also has experience growing food in Kenya uh, this garden has been amazing and it feels like you are still at home and you feel the kacha in it. <laughs> You've two young children. What's it like for you cooking food from back home for them? What does that mean to you? It feels good because at least you can introduce them to some of the foods that we grew up taking. When you see them enjoying the meal, you're like, oh, Jesus, this is amazing. And I'm feeling wonderful. It's an amazing journey. Yeah. While this international garden is a pilot project, there are hopes for expansion. With fewer allotments and community gardens in Ireland than there were 100 years ago, there have been wider calls for local authorities to provide more spaces across the country. Danielle O'Donovan is project manager in Nano Nangle Place, a supporter of the Garden Initiative. I think gardening is the kind of activity, isn't it, where we all have our little methods and ways of doing things. We have our favourite plants and our, our, our methods of growing them and pruning them. And this has been an amazing community cohesion project. I've just heard there was a gorgeous conversation about all the different names that this one green had and what people do with it. So it's gardening really has brought people together here. This is a pilot project. What would you like to see? I think it should be a directive of every local authority or county council to, to be looking for spaces uh, that can be used for these kind of purposes. We know that for, uh, for the environment that it's better if we grow and use our own food and we're in a crisis situation so we would like to see so much more of this for all of the benefits it brings not just for a community but for the environment and for redefining our cities as, you know, as places that have these beautiful green oases in where we can connect our children to food growing. Danielle O'Donovan there, and I have spotted something of a theme emerging in this morning's programme. Evine was speaking about rights for nature. I wonder, listening to Della Kilroy's report there, should there be a right to grow? We'll ask that question after this. Almost a quarter to nine on your Saturday morning. Now, I want to pick up on something that Della Kilroy mentioned in her report there. There's no fewer, there are now fewer allotments or community gardens in Ireland than there were a hundred years ago. I'm joined by Donald McCormick of Community Gardens Ireland to explore why this might actually be the case. Donald, good morning to you. Morning, Philip. How are you? What are the numbers of community gardens and allotments now? So the, the most recent record we have on this, there was a report that was generated by the local government management agency in 2020, and that said there's about 2,500 allotments and community gardens. So there's about 2,400 allotments and about 97 community gardens um, provided by local authorities. And about 100 years ago, that figure was about 3,000. So uh, there's definitely 
been a change in the number of of, uh, of spaces provided over the last hundred years. How many allotments were there though during World War Two, or sorry, the emergency? <laughs> the, the emergency years, yeah. So uh, it's almost like a hidden history of Ireland that um, one of the things the Irish government did in terms of food security uh, during the the emergency years was that they promoted community growing. So they provided space all over the the country. So up to, I think, about 31,000 plots were available all over the country. So wow. we went from... We went. We went from a couple of thousand ramping up for for those for those for those years, um, but then shortly afterwards, that they were removed for other purposes, or they were they were kind of uh, not prioritised as much as other as other. I spaces. know, but that's fascinating, Donald. Listen, that when you consider that Ireland's experience of World War Two was essentially a supply chain disruption one, and we are now at a time where look, we're, we're importing more food than we would have been now, and in our collective futures of climate change, it's promising only to supply further supply chain disruptions down the line. So growing your own is really a bit of a no-brainer, isn't it? It is. And I mean, there are figures even 100 years ago which shows I think there was like 25,000 tonnes of potatoes over a couple of years grown in, in, in allotments throughout Ireland. So it's not something new. It's, it's something that, that has been done for, for a long time. But it's something that I think we need to prioritise more and get more of them, um, I suppose, throughout every... We want, we want to see in every town, every village to have the, a space for communities uh-huh. to grow their own. How do we compare to our European partners? Not great, um, to be honest. So uh, we did a report which we published at Oireachtas Committee earlier this year and we, we looked at other, other European countries. So Germany, for example, it's got a much larger population, but they have 1.3 million plots that they have. Uh, Denmark would have a similar population to us, kind of similar-ish climate, and they have 40,000. Um, other countries like Austria would, would have like about 37,000. So I we're not doing fantastic. 1.3 million plots versus 2,500 plots. Um, exactly. To say that we don't compare favourably is the understatement of the year there. Let me bring in uh, Caroline Stanley here, a community gardener. Um, Caroline, is the difference between community gardening and allotments, frankly, one of time? You don't have to give quite as much to a community garden because you can lean on your fellow gardeners. Yeah, I would say that uh, for sure, definitely. Um, community gardens is much more um, of a group of people coming to garden space where the allotments is much more individual. Um, so I, a lot of people would maybe try a community garden before they take up an allotment space. Are there more rows when it comes to dividing the spoils of your gardening, though? No, no, no. People are pretty uh, um, delighted to get what they get from the gardens, from the produce. Your line is coming a little bit in and out there. We might try and see what we can do about that. Donald, let me come back to you on the issue about what we should do. Do we need to establish or re-establish, I gather, a legal right for people to grow? So that there's a really strange quirk in the law. So there was a, a, an old law in 1926 called the Acquisition of Land for Allotments Act. And uh, even though that, that was repealed in 1994, um, local authorities are still referring to it. So there's evidence of, of parliamentary questions as well with government departments even referring to it in the last 10 or 15 years after it was repealed. So what we're, what we're seeing this is that the, there's obviously a need for a strong law if we were looking at, at, a, at the, the 1926 Act because the current law is very, very 
very weak. It doesn't really encourage uh, allotments or community gardens. It only says that local authorities may provide allotments. And the issue we have with that is that when they only may provide allotments, we then end up with the current situation, which is that eight local authorities don't provide any allotments or community gardens at all. Scotland has updated its community growing rules. What was it about what they did that inspired you? So they went back to basics. They looked at everything that was that was provided in law, but they, they looked to see how are they best um, helping their citizens be able to access land. And that's one of the, one of the key considerations in getting, getting, getting growing in the first place, like having that secure bit of land. So they, they did a number of things. Um, they reduced the amount of, of a threshold, uh, which basically local authorities must then provide allotments and community gardens. They put in, in, in place uh, items like um, compulsory purchase order for land for local authorities as required. Uh, they made it a, a duty on local authorities. They must provide the, the spaces for communities to grow their own within a certain number of years. And then where those local authorities uh, are looking to, to reuse that land for other purposes, which happens, um, mm-hmm. that they must put in place another bit of land so that that community can move on. Okay, substitute like for like. Exactly. Now, there are no free breakfasts on Countrywide. You are looking for listeners to contact you if they either want land to grow or if they have land that people can grow on. Yeah, so what we're saying is that um, while we're talking a lot about local authorities, if there are uh, anyone who's listening who who's actually has a, has some land in urban areas in your town, contact your local community group, contact your tidy towns, any any type of grow your own group in your local area um, and just offer it up to them because we know there's demand all over the country. Um, we know that people want to grow. So if you have that, that land available. And the other the other side as well is that we know that um, growing your own is, is not actually defined as a climate action when it looks at government policies at the moment. So one of the things that we're pushing for as well is, is for that simple thing of growing your own food as a community or individually to be recognised as, as, a, as, as a climate uh, mitigation action. And we think that's something that would be beneficial and that organisations like the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change actually support. Okay. If you want to find out more, the organisation is Community Gardens Ireland, cgireland.org. Donald McCormick, thank you very much. Caroline Stanley, terrible apologies to you as well about the quality of that line pity we didn't get to talk to you a little bit more but unfortunately the countrywide truck moves on